Hello and welcome back to the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host and commissioner, Patrick Polk, and I'm here with a guest. We have Mr. Gary Nelson, looking intense. Uh, I Too bad this is a purely audio format. Uh, you're really missing out here. And uh, just as a warning, this will be certainly the most alcohol-imbibing episode of the show, because Gary poured shots, uh, and it'll probably be the longest episode, so you're in for the long haul. Hopefully, it'll be fun. Gary, how the heck are you? Well, Mr. Polk, thank you for having me. Uh, I guess I should have introduced myself. I am Roger Jeffords. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Uh, The management sent me out because uh, the guy they used to have in charge was just terrible. Terrible. Uh, so I'm here. I'm really pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, so Gary, or the, I mean, sorry, Mr. Jefferts, uh, looks a lot like Gary, but he has shades on in, in the studio, so to speak, and a lovely mustache, uh, that really matches his hair, I have to say. I've grown this for success. And, uh, otherwise a striking resemblance to the person we know and love as Gary Nelson. I don't That's just, I don't know how that happened. Uh, so, uh, first of all. I would like to know, Mr. Jefferts, how are you doing on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? Oh, uh, uh, I'd say we're, we're at 9. We're at 9. We're definitely a 9. That's really solid, really solid. Uh, and uh, I was wondering, uh, I don't know if your uh, your hobbies overlap with Gary's at all, but uh, one thing I was wanted to ask you about, uh, as I said, this podcast is pretty much an imitation, uh, a pale imitation of John Rhodes, my law school friends, uh, and he always asks, eat anything good lately? So I want to ask a variation of that. Have you cooked anything cool lately? Mm. Uh, you know, I haven't cooked much uh, recently because we've been so busy winning football games. <laughs> but uh, I, I, can, I guess I can use this as a way to, to tell you a little bit about my strategy. Sure. Yeah. So um, we got a pretty good team this year. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty pleased about that. And uh, I attribute a lot of that to the boys because they're good, they're good boys out on the field. Uh, but I would say the majority of our success comes... From uh, uh, chess pie. Yeah, and go ahead and clarify what, that. Do you know what chess pie is? Is it a pie that has a chess checkerboard pattern? You, you would think that. You, if you really... Uh, no, it doesn't have... No, it doesn't okay, so go uh, tell me about a, chess pie. It is a southern delicacy. It's a sugar-based uh, custard pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a girl who makes it for us. Her name is uh, Kettery Davis. Okay. You may remember her from the early 90s. Um, she appeared in a series of uh, Campbell's Soup commercials. <laughs> I don't, uh, but thanks. That is Terrell Davis's mother. Oh, okay. She makes us the chess pie. And it really, it makes the boys strategic because of the chess. Okay, that makes sense. I see how eating chess pie would make you more strategic. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Excellent. Uh, and so uh, you feed this to your fantasy football team players? Uh, well, I don't actually feed them. That would be a lot of spooning and forking. <laughs> uh, so they eat it on their own. But yes, they, I think that, attri- that we can attribute that to a lot of our success. Excellent. Uh, and uh, okay, excellent. So uh, that goes straight into, and I don't know if, if you've spoken with Gary or uh, you know how how involved you've been for how long. I don't want to make any assumptions, but if you could just tell me how you're feeling about the season for the Origin, the special teams. How how are, how's it going overall? Uh, it's good. It's good. I mean, the, you know, it's a tough, tough day today. We're uh, we got a we got a fight to really uh, to win today. But uh, I guess I would say this weekend. But we're it's been good. Uh, I've been with the team for just a, just about a year, a little bit over a year. Uh, well, I take that back. I've been here with a season. Uh, the old manager was terrible, but they brought me in. Um, I had been uh, I, really. I'm a fantasy football consultant, so I work with 
fantasy football coaches uh, throughout the country, and I had a really great uh, run last year. Uh, we uh, Fifty Shades of Green Bay was my team, yeah, and we won in the end against uh, the Deflatriots. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. kick kick their asses. Excellent. Well, congratulations, sir. Uh, so, and where you said you, you travel? So, did you you took over some other person's team for that victory? Yeah, I'm brought in. I'm uh, flown to to, to local. And areas. so, where where was uh, Fifty Shades of Green Bay? Uh, West Terre Haute. West Terre Haute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it a, is a real cutthroat uh, fantasy football market in West Terre Haute? You know, there's nothing else going on. So yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> really what you do. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next, I was wondering, uh, as you, if, if I don't know if you're a listener to the show, uh, but we last time. Jen and I discussed that uh, Gary's team is uh, on the precipice of of some records here, uh, and and as you said, this week is a struggle so far. Uh, but things that are on the board, we've got uh, a winning streak, longest winning streak in league history. If you win this week, which is uh, starting to look a little bit shakier, but it's still too early to call. Uh, also, most 100 point games in a season, which looks like a lock if you can just get one more within the next like four or five weeks. And most regular season points overall, which you're a little behind pace for, but you, if you just pick it up a little bit, you, that's within reach as well. So I just want to know uh, how you feel about being so close to those records and if any of them are uh, more important to you than others. Oh, uh, well, I feel really good. I feel like this is, uh, you know, I'm certainly guaranteed a bonus for how well we've done so far this year, uh, especially considering how bad the team used to be. Uh, so uh, how much does Gary pay you? Uh, well, he pays me in uh, moonshine, which where I brought some here today. I see. So these these shots, yes. uh, these is moonshine. This is a little bit of moonshine. Looks a little dark. <laughs> uh, it's, it's aged. Okay, I believe. I don't know how, what his recipe is. All right, and here we go. Yep, bottoms up. Mainly in moonshine. It's pretty good. Great. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna chase that with some apple ale. Yeah, so he pays me mainly in that, which I like. Uh, and then, the, obviously, any leftover chess pie. Um, I'm most interested in the 100-point games. That's, uh, it's a big, uh, it's a, it's a big strat- strategy of mine to get as many of them as I can. You like scoring points? Yeah, I love points. Okay. Um, cool. Well, that makes sense. And, uh, so, and, and notably, that's the, probably the most certain of the three records that discuss. So uh, how convenient that that's the one you're, you're most invested in. Uh, so my next question is, um, are you more interested in the success of your team overall or in pursuing personal records? Ooh. Uh, well, you know, I've only been with the team for this one season. So certainly personal records are most interesting to me. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like we're turning things around. We're turning things around and we're going to show what good fantasy consulting can do. All right, and uh, I was wondering, and again, this is, this is more a question for Gary, but maybe you uh, are aware of this. Uh, I was wondering if Gary and Abby are talking generally more about fantasy football on a regular basis uh, this season or less. Uh, do you know if it's a it's more active a topic of conversation or not? You know what? He's out in the car. I can go get him. If you want uh, me to go get him, I'll bring oh, him in. I mean, as long as you want to stay, I don't want to rush your, uh, your... No, I can I can get him. I'll okay. go I'll go get him. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. thank you All so right. much for coming by. That was a, a really p- pleasant surprise, and uh, I hope you... Good luck with your <laughs> consulting. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Got some really great folly work here at... Uh... <laughs> Oh wait! Hey, how's this? This is Gary. Oh, hey, Pat. Hey, man, how's it going? Did you, I didn't know you hired somebody this season. For that's that's pretty intense. No wonder the secret to your success is uh, just 
Paying money. Yes, paying money. That is what I do uh, to win football. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's not from luck or ability. Uh, certainly not from ability. Uh, I was actually, it was recommended to me by Casey Johnson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he suggested it as, uh, as another of his, well, I think it had worked for him in the past, maybe. Maybe he, he knew of Roger Jefferts. Okay, yeah. great. Well, uh, good luck for him <laughs> as well. And maybe he needs to consult him again. Yeah, probably. Uh, so I was just conversing with Mr. Jefferts, and I was wondering if you, you uh, could answer then. Uh, obviously, this is a personal question, so it would be weird if he did. But yeah, so this season, obviously, going great for you. Going kind of not great for Abby. Uh, currently, year seven and one. She's one and seven. Your mirror images, top and bottom of the league. So, with that dynamic in mind, I was wondering if uh, you guys talk more about fantasy with each other or less, or or how what's what's the atmosphere in the Nelson Saul household about fantasy football nowadays? I'm certainly more interested in it. I think that that it's I attribute a lot of that to the podcast. It's a lot more fun. Uh, certainly, it's more fun when you're winning as well. So I am spending more time, I think she said this on her episode, uh, checking the scores, uh, looking at, at what you know what the waiver wire has. So I'm certainly spending more time. I would say that she's spending a bit less. And you know my, uh, my strategy for marriage is to not poke at things that are unpleasant. Mm-hmm, so I'm mm-hmm. trying not to rub it in too much. Uh, I, just, I think I'm like a fantasy football vampire this year. I'm like sucking all of her success and using it for my So she's just not talking about it as just a forbidden subject. I mean not intentionally, but yeah, she like looks at the scoreboards, makes uh like a a whining sound. Uh <laughs> Should we go to the kindest quarter already? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. No, that's way down the line. Okay. Uh yeah, it's you know, we don't talk too much about it. Um I will also say that I don't watch any more football than I have. So it's not like we're talking about it while we're watching games. Um but I'm certainly looking at the app a lot more than in the past. Great. Well, that's good to know. Uh, next question, relatedly, uh, I've known in the past, and other couples have done this too, but I, I've heard more about your guys. Uh, you often, I believe, have bets for couple Geddon. And I was wondering, uh, so we're recording this during the games for week nine. Next week is week 10, couple Geddon and Nacho Party. Be there or be square. As long as you're not a stranger listening to this podcast, then please don't come. Uh, but... What uh, is there a bet between you guys for a couple getting part two next week, week 10? We don't have one yet. Um, I was actually going to talk about this with you, too, because you and Jen are the originators, in my mind, of the couple bet. Um, historically, betting over media zardom, uh, which it sounds like maybe has changed after Lily was born because you won about conception. Uh, so I, yeah, like, first of all, we haven't surprisingly perhaps we've we've bet about a bunch of dumb stuff like you know just like making guesses at like random facts and like who's closer wins that sort of thing i don't know if we've ever bet about fantasy football or if we have it has only been once or twice so um but yeah i was i uh bet about uh having lily and i was correct so i was media czar for like seven months (laughs) uh straight and i barely used it and nowadays as others in the league probably can attest, uh, you know, having a child, there's not as much media consumption. Uh, and so it would not be too big of a prize probably to be media czar, unless you look at it the opposite way, which is like there's such little time <laughs> that being able to control that precious narrow window of media consumption, it would be great to be the media czar. But yeah, we don't have a bet in place. Um, I'm guessing we won't, although, you know, she's obviously doing and generally does better uh, than me, so maybe she'll be overconfident, and maybe I could uh, dr- extract a favorable bet out of her. Perhaps I think I you should. I really think you should. Um, I would also recommend, you know, when we did Media's Artem, um, 
which is which is routinely our, our typical bet for for couple getting each year uh and when we've done it in the past uh i feel like every time i bet on something i lose like anytime i try to get abby to go into a bet i just it's it's done it's guaranteed destruction for me um but i would i would taunt her by saying that if i became media czar that i would control all media everywhere like i would be able to set the cell phone ring for her phone uh, and I recommend you you implement that strategy. Like, you know, there's not that much media out there, but just like the color of light bulbs, go for it. I'd consider that media. Yeah, I mean, that that would be very intense. Just control anything, any optional, <laughs> any optional. things in life. Yes. Like, you know, I kinda, I'm kind. i a little cool. I think I want to set the thermostat to 90 tonight. <laughs> I think that sounds really good. I'm a little toasty. Uh, you know, uh, I do look forward to having kids just for that very reason. I feel like once you become a dad, you do control the thermostat. For oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's this classic Family Guy. That's right. That's right. Uh, my that's thing right. went off. Just somebody there. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, uh, next. But uh, sorry, just before you go, uh, uh, I do think we should uh, get some, maybe some listener emails about couple getting and couple bets because that's it's a couples league. That's the thing I'm most interested in is to see what people are doing because there's a lot of a lot at stake for these games. Absolutely, and I know I've heard um, Meg Murphy and Tim they they bet a lot on random things, usually about like tickets to sporting events and things like that which actually have like high monetary value uh nothing i do ever is valuable but uh but i hear about their bets and uh so i wouldn't be surprised if they have one i haven't heard about the other couples in the league uh casey and annalisa or uh you know so anybody uh really nick and meg going nuts with it but maybe they do i wouldn't be surprised i would expect them to especially nick and meg but i haven't heard them i'm assuming that casey and annalisa do just because he loses each time like i think that it's got to be an intentional yeah (laughs) when you're when you're own six yeah uh she could bet anything there's a reason yeah Yeah, yeah. um okay so next you know we're i have uh some questions ready to rock uh i was told by jen last episode to prepare in advance for this so i really took that to heart uh, I've got about 25 pre-written questions uh, ready to go, and we're, we're at number six. So right. here we go. Uh, my next question is, Gary, uh, can you name the players on your team? I'm going to do my best. Uh, I've had to do some some shakeups in the last week, so the people who I'm starting are not my normal players. But let's see what I can do. All right. So uh, who who are your quarterbacks, or quarterback or quarterbacks? Drew Brees and Andrew Luck. Ooh. Two for two, right off the bat. Who is who's your first round pick? My first round pick was uh, isn't it Christine Michaels? No, did I pick him up? Oh my god, you picked up Christine Michael off of me. After oh yeah, I that's dropped right. Him. That's the one I really love. Uh, no, it's Lashawn McCoy. Uh, no, sir. No, Marshall. Is his last name Marshall? N- no, uh, first round really pick. Weird. So if you recall, let's go back to the draft. Uh, you and Abby. Just got in under yep, the wire. Basically showed up late. You're having a little bit of internet difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, and you're setting things up, getting uh, arguably maybe a little frazzled as yep. things, you know, thing devices sometimes inopportune failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you auto picked. Yes, your first pick. You were the first overall, having gotten last place last year. La- worst to first currently. This is the story of your life. Uh, but uh, so it was an auto pick. So it was the preseason ESPN number one overall player, if that helps. A wide receiver. That not does not help. Uh, yeah, no. Antonio Brown is what we were looking for. All right. We're just in the name ring a bell. No, no, no red. Vacant. Okay. Vacant stare. Okay, Antonio Brown, he's a great guy. Very good wide receiver. Plays for the Steelers. Uh, he's not been, can, you know, the great the last couple of weeks. I've had some yeah. trouble. Yeah. All right, so uh, can you name any other wide receivers you have besides Antonio Brown who you could not name? Uh, Bernard... 
what's his name? What's his last name? It's crazy. Genvoya? No, that's a HIV drug. <laughs> uh, so I sa- I think what you're going for is a a running back whose last name is Bernard. Oh, I thought said that. <laughs> and and his first initial is G. I think. I, yes. Yeah. Right, Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni. All right. Uh, um, running back for the Bengals. Okay. Uh, okay. So any any wide receivers? Any any running backs? Who Wallace. Do you got? Wallace is one of my wide receivers. Okay. Um, what's his first name? Michael. There you go, Mike All Wallace. Right. Okay. Um, Roderick? Roddick? Der- Roddick? There's somebody in there. No? Close? I'm close. I really want to look at my phone right now. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking of Theoretic? That Theoretic. could be it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Theoretic is a wide receiver you have, I mean, a running back you have going right now. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Christine Michael. Yep. You mentioned LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine of, Michael. Kind of mentioned him. You picked up LaShawn McCoy. Questionable. He yeah. has been hurt and spack. Anybody else on your team that you remember? Any names coming at? Out? Well, so the one that I labored over was an early pick for me, uh, Doug Martin, who I just had to get get rid of a couple of weeks ago because he has just been horrible all season. Has not yeah, I mean, him. he's been out for yeah. almost, he played for like one and a half weeks or That's something right. like so that. So while I was prepping for this podcast like six weeks ago, I just memorized his name over and over again. His nickname is fun. Do you Have you ever heard his nickname? No. This is great. You're going to laugh. The Muscle Hamster. <laughs> Doug Martin muscle hamster. Actually, having looked at his picture, that seems about right. Yeah, he's yeah. very cuddleable, but yeah. very strong. Yeah. All right, well, uh, so I, yeah, C minus. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, if, that, right. if that, if uh, that. Don't ask me about any of the teams either that they play for because I can't. Tell you no, that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, next question, similar vein, but not quite. Uh, it's not. I don't think I'm springing this on you. You know, I although I wasn't really springing. I kind of thought you might have prepared for that question, but you didn't. Didn't clearly didn't. Did not. Uh, can you please tell me your self-professed Full team name. Go ahead. On the origin of special teams, by the means of unnatural selection, or so far so good. So far so good. Good. Adding a thousand. Uh, (laughs) There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thirteen words in a row. Correct. Okay. Um, Or the un no the illogical selection of. I'm so close. I know I've got it, but I don't. The illogical selection of... I say no. Sorry. Oh, man. Judges, no. Uh, we're, you, you got it off to a great start. Yeah. On the origin of special teams by the means of unnatural selection or the preservation of illogically favored players in the struggle for last for place. For last place, okay. So, so that's so probably close. why you also dropped it from uh, all podcasts after the first Well, one. you know, I just have to have it in front of me because it is very long. Yeah. And I didn't have it in front of me after the first episode. That's oh, right. It also sucks. So uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, so that ends the uh, quizzing you about your own team <laughs> section of the interview. My next question is, um, on the scale of 1 to 10 again, mm-hmm. how excited are you for our new post-Cubs World Championship team uh, existence that we're now living in? Remind me again what to 1 to 10 means. Um, well, I just want to judge like how low are you considering one? One is like completely apathetic. Ten is ecstatic. Um, like five is like I would say like g- genuinely enthused. Uh, like definitely, it's a positive influence for okay. you. Um, but you, but you don't feel super strongly about it. Like one point two. One point two. You're really yeah, excited. It does not do anything for me. But like for the city, I got to hear some people bang some pots and pans. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And which of the seven games of the World Series was your favorite Cubs World Series game? Um, I actually was in a bar for game six. 
So I did hear people cheering for things and was present for that. So is that your favorite? Definitely my favorite game. All right, that was a trick question because the correct answer was definitely Game 7. Of course. Both because that was a clinching game and because it was consensus one of the best baseball games of all time. But good try. Thank you. Um, Who's your third favorite Cubs player? Third favorite? Yeah. Um, The mascot, Cubby Bear? Uh, Clark the Bear? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, Who is your favorite Cub of all time? The Ghost of Harry Carey. Okay, great. And uh, what current Cub team member most reminds you of your fantasy football team, which, again, is on the origin of the special teams by the means of unnatural selection and the preservation of illogical favorite players for the circle for last place? Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Who's Grandpa? Grandpa Ross? Rossi, yeah. Rossi, Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably him, because he's old and uh, has seen some things and probably has uh, persevered illogically. Okay, excellent. Uh, Next question. Please describe for me how you're feeling about the presidential election. This is being recorded on Sunday, two days before Election Day. Uh, Things are really up in the air. I'd say uh, last I saw, 538, there's about like a 60, 65% chance for Hillary Clinton. Uh, So how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the presidential election? That makes me really nervous. I am pretty upset. Uh, You wouldn't believe it from the tone of my voice. You're very, you really wish that Trump had a higher chance? Yeah, I really wish Trump had a much higher chance. (laughs) No, it's uh, the rhetoric has been awful all season. Uh, and by season, I mean election cycle for two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I am very disappointed and worried. And I just want Hillary to, I just want everyone to come to their senses and, and make the right choice and go for Hillary. I agree. It's I'm very worried. Happen. And uh, this, I, there's a decent chance this podcast won't even go out until after election day. I mean, I probably won't get it out tonight. And then there's only Monday and Tuesday. So who knows what world this will be published into if there is a world. So let's just get on the right side of history and we'll both knock on wood that she wins, okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you probably heard that because there's microphones sitting on a table. (laughs) Uh, Next section, listener feedback. First of all, I just want to thank you. You're the most consistent contributor to podcast at fantasyfantasyfootball.com. You've contributed some good questions. They've really sparked some excellent discussion. So thank you, first of all. Uh, And I was just wondering, while you're here, if you have any additional burning questions as a listener, frequent listener, frequent question contributor, you're here on the show. Obviously, one of our biggest fans. Uh, so I know this is a dream come true for you. And just any questions while you're here, uh, anything on the mind? Oh, so many. Um, unfortunately, very few that are actually about fantasy football. Okay, well, what um, do you got? But what, just in general, I mean, so this is certainly my best year, thanks to Mr. Jefferts. Uh, do you have cheat codes or suggestions about being better at football that do not involve actually watching football well again so i always it's really funny to me because like for instance when i'm recording with jen uh pretty often we talk about strategy and things like that and i'm sure like half of the audience is probably like laughing to themselves as i try to give pointers because jen has been much more successful than i have been um so with with the big grain of salt about you know me not necessarily being the most successful member of our league. Uh, you know, I think, as we've talked about with, with Jen, um, I think one of the big things is just having your own website that is not ESPN to have reliable weekly rankings. If you just find one that you trust just so that you can go against the grain and uh, hopefully, you know, help get help with lineup and maybe uh, like some sort of waiver wire pickups. I definitely think there's like a huge difference in how well you do if you are very active on the waiver wire obviously this year that was made a little more complex in our league because we added the uh free agent auction budget Mm -hmm. fab um and so that's it became a little more complex but definitely keeping on top of that and picking up the 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 trendy players is a big deal and can can make a big difference um i think 
as I also previously expressed, I think matchups are often slightly overstated um, for offensive skill players, uh, except in very extreme cases. And I think that they are under uh, matchups are underrated for defenses because they just so consistently get pretty decent points. But then if they're playing against a terrible offense, you can just uh, make some serious points there yeah. so those are my general pointers i don't know i, I didn't prepare anything uh but that's that's what i would say are my few things that spring to mind how can you have more fun in fantasy football trick question because it's so much fun right now i <laughs> see oh that's correct well definitely being involved is more fun like following the matchups like you know because for instance confession uh i was in a fantasy baseball team with casey johnson we were co-managers uh casey was by far way more active than i was and i would check in every once in a while very rarely if there if there was player news or something i'd be like oh maybe we should pick up this guy but not very often but casey did like 90 percent of the legwork there and so most of the time like i would be checking in after the fact and not really seeing the how the stats were playing out on a on a daily basis uh it was rotisserie so it's a little bit different but anyway i think if you pay attention during sunday check in a lot to see the scores ebb and flow and the, and the projections move up and down. That'll make you more invested because you'll see instead of just a final outcome, like, Oh, well, I won by 10 points. But if you see like, Oh, your projection swung by 40 points because you know, like your defense gets a bunch of free points because they start off at 10, but then they started sucking and you went down 10 more points. But then all of a sudden you got two quick touchdowns with one wide receiver or something. I think it's a lot more exciting when you see how things swing so much back and forth. So just being more uh, involved and invested is a big, uh, big one. And then obviously being on the podcast, writing in questions, to the podcast, apparently podcast is a hit uh, more than the emails that only a small fraction of the league ever read. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely uh, feel free to, to, to participate in the uh, podcast conversation. Yeah. Those would be ways to invest. And obviously we've got the nacho party coming up and that's oh. going to be a big deal and, and make sure everyone's there and has fun. It's going to be the best. I will say that, um, you know, if, you cannot get blood from a stone. You can barely get competitive I-Core from Gary. Like, there's just, you could squeeze me as much as you want, and I'm not going to get competitive. But I did learn this year that, like, if half of the competitors aren't playing, there's really no game. And that, uh, it's, it's certainly more fun to at least be a little bit invested to, uh, to be concerned about what's going to happen and uh, try your best at self-deprecating trash talk. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, definitely. Uh, that would be another big one. Like if, if we could have more, I tried, I tried the hardest the first year to actively encourage trash talk. Um, and I, and it didn't work out. Uh, you know, I had my whole USC universal scoring chits, uh, system in place. And, uh, but I think part of the problem was a lot of people were brand new to fantasy football and also didn't know the league members that well. And so they weren't comfortable with it, but certainly good natured trash talk, I think would certainly, uh, heighten the the fun and enjoyment and only hurt some feelings that's right uh if if we could get that going that would be also great and and that started a little bit casey uh texted a little bit uh there's been a little bit of caboose talk uh with abby uh so i think i think we might be right on the edge there just four years in just really getting close (laughs) to starting the trash talk and i gotta say if if you would text me or you know write to the uh podcast email what you and your significant other bet about, I would love to rub that in your face as you are forced to do the dishes for the rest of the month. Oh, yeah. So you're just assuming I'm going to lose. I'm not. I'm just, that was a general for the listening audience. Sure was. He was looking me dead in the eyes, staring <laughs> me cold, pointing at his eyes and my face. It was very deliberate. You weren't here. I'll put on my Roger Jefferts uh, sunglasses <laughs> again. Or sorry, he left them here. I'll have to put those on. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so thank you for that. Next question. 
Uh, if, I believe you're a regular listener. Maybe you've, I don't know if yes. you listen to every episode, but probably every most of episode. them. Every uh, episode. My question is, what new recurring segment would you like to see on the show? Ooh, a new recurring segment? So, um, you know, we've got, we've got Jen's stat corner. We've got the kindness corner. Um, those are probably the only particular recurring segments. Uh, there's just a lot of, you know, recap, preview, obviously. Um, but anything in particular, any new area you would like to see addressed in the show? Oh, uh, well, I have been so blown away by just Jen's general knowledge, uh, love of stats, and like enthusiasm for football that that is going to carry me through anything else that I need. It's just, it, you, I don't know if I can attribute it to you, but you should be really proud of how well this has turned out because if the goal was to get her interested in football, man, has that happened. Well, let me tell you, Jen's goal was to get yes, Jen interested you. in thank football. You. Jen's goal. So Jen has achieved her own goal by, uh, she knows she has an addictive, slightly competitive personality. And so she knew that if she played fantasy football, she would get more into football and it worked to a T. Uh, so I can take very little credit for it, except to the extent that I tried to, you know, encourage her once we actually started encourage her like development and you know just to talk about fantasy football a lot and talk about stats and stuff but it's all jen and so yes jen did a good job and she she's she's way job. into it as as you can tell also go hillary because i feel like i need to make up some ground from uh, assuming it was your work oh okay excellent yeah, yeah. so gary's a big sexist yep. um next question and this is funny because we've been hanging out this weekend some uh and we actually kind of accidentally addressed this i didn't want to spoil <laughs> some of my questions question 14 out of 25 um if there were a Gary's Corner segment on the show, what sort of vibe would the theme music have? Oh, it would be so good. <laughs> uh, it depends on the day. Like, it would either be basically like Eeyore's entry music. Okay. In- insert Eeyore's entry music. Like, boom, 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 Or it would be just like super upbeat and amazing, and there'd be flashing lights and sounds auditorily. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so I need a million different Gary's Corner theme you songs. Is what Basically, you're whatever I feel like. Or it's just a song that I made up while like cooking in the kitchen. All right. Yeah. Uh, next question. This is, just a, this is more like a user feedback situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, under what conditions do you normally consume the podcast? And uh, what would the ideal length of an episode be? Because they have varied wildly um, from the beginning to about like, you know, 15, 16 minutes to uh, us topping it out like an hour 20 recently. So uh, do you have a preference between those extremes? Do you want to go further in either direction? You want micro five-minute micropods, <laughs> three-hour blowouts? Uh, what, what, what would be ideal for you as, as one of the listeners? As a listener, uh, I think you, you're, you're getting close to hitting the sweet spot. Like 45 minutes is pretty good. You know, I've listened to, to all of them. Uh, splitting Megs up in half was really smart for the content, but that was a lot of content for one. Uh, really, you just have to bring Casey back on and give him a second chance. I absolutely agree, and yeah. especially because he has, I believe, caught up completely, and so he has heard all of the trash talk that has occurred, and one, I think he needs to speak his mind about the constant slight Casey ribbing that has occurred uh, in the intervening several weeks, uh, so so we definitely need him back. Yeah. One of the things I did do to prepare for this was to come up with a series of um, Casey quotes, because I figured one of his new things would be uh, famous football coach quotes that he's just made for himself um so i'd like to read you my most recent casey quote um football's like life it requires perseverance self-denial hard work sacrifice dedication and respect for casey johnson i totally agree that sounds like it's yeah. ripped straight from the kindness corner uh of course we can't choose casey johnson no. for the kindness corner because he's already been covered yeah uh but but yes i agree that Football and life require both of those things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, new, really switching gears, but I think this could be fun for people who don't know. 
I kind of want to talk about your job a little bit and okay. your your month of November. <laughs> so first of all, if you could just briefly describe your organization and your job, just for people who don't know. Yeah, of course. Um, so for the members of our league and all of the listening public, I work for TPAN, the Test Positive Aware Network, which is a 30-year-old HIV service organization here in the city. We do direct service as well as fundraising to fight uh, to fund the services we do and then also fight stigma uh, around HIV and co-occurring conditions. Um, every fall, we put on an event. This is our ninth year, Barlesque. It is a month-long strip-a-thon in which we get... Uh, burlesque performers and then bartenders from local bars to uh, sit for a series of boudoir photos. And as they raise money in person and online, the photos move from fully dressed to nature's best. <laughs> Sounds like a line, maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe a little bit of a line. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's a really good fundraiser. It's, uh, it's good to establish the connections between the bars. And then also, uh, if the money comes in, please donate at barless.org. Uh, we will certainly do a lot of good work with that money. And uh, so Barlesque is going on this month, right? Yes. And so about how many events are there total and how many have you attended and how many more are you attending? Oh, man, so many events. Uh, it started a week ago, th- a week ago Wednesday. I have been to four burlesque uh, or Barlesque events so far. There are three this weekend that I'm not going to. There will be 2025 through December 3rd, which is our closing party and final night. And what sort of events are we talking here? Oh, man, so many things. Uh, today there is a tea dance, which dates from uh, P-Town, Provincetown's um, original gay community, where people would get together and listen to music and uh, uh, have tea. No, then you drink and dance. That's what that is. Uh, I'm not going to that. There was a karaoke party last night. There have been a number of um, events with go-go dancers. For instance, Game 6 of the World Series that I watched was at a bar in which we had our burlesque performers dancing on the bar uh, during the commercial breaks and when when sports was not happening. I almost said football. That's how good I am. Um, So uh, you have done some some of those things. There's also legitimate burlesque performances that will be really fun, and I encourage people to go to those. Fantastic. Thank you, and everyone should attend events and... Donate money. Uh, Wait, there were no questions? This is just a general, like, little yeah. plug for Barless? Yeah. Oh, Pat, that's so nice. Yeah, I just wanted to, because it's, and there's, you know, a lot of wacky things happening. There is yeah. a lot of wacky things. I will say, um, you know, the performer will never, ever, ever listen to this. No offense to you. Uh, but we were at the event on Tuesday, and one of our burlesque performers was doing, like, a full legitimate routine to a song, a Carrie Underwood song on the bar, and he was doing, like, splits and cartwheels, and he went to do his cartwheel, and looked down and checked his foot placement, and then went into his cartwheel and just kicked a patron in the face. And how'd that patron do? He went down and <laughs> stayed down, <laughs> out cold. Uh, oh, but if you give him enough shots um, and you know talk to him to make sure he's okay later, everything's good. He did say that he was fine and insisted that his kink was being kicked in the face while listening to Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Well, then that really worked out nicely. What are yeah. the odds? I know. Uh, that is funny, man. Yeah. I could just imagine. That's such a, a wacky. It sounds like out of a TV show or something. Like right. so, just doing a cartwheel on a bar and yeah. knocking someone out cold. Yeah. Uh, so that's your life. Yeah, that's my life. That's a thing that yeah. you do. Uh, good for you. <laughs> uh, so we're already. So we're, we're cruising through. We're almost through my prepared questions. Uh, so we got a couple of big. Big, important to me, obviously, uh, categorical questions before we wrap it up. First of all, how do you feel about PlayStation VR? <laughs> oh, it's the best. Is it actually cool, or have I been leading the listening audience on no, uh, a wild goose chase? You, like, there needs to be a spinoff podcast that's just you talking about VR, because it is amazing. I have played a number of games. Um, the images within those games have gotten into my brain, <laughs> and I feel like 
maybe my spinal fluid is a little different because of them. <laughs> just going to be honest. Uh, no, it is great. It is legitimately amazing. Uh, the scary games that we've been playing have been amazing and quite scary. Uh, I will, I think Pat needs to insert the YouTube link to Abby playing a scary game and uh, losing her damn mind. But uh, also non-scary games have been really good too. That's a great environment. It's really, uh, really rich and it is a new frontier for our brains. Yeah, I, uh, Gary's joking because I'm not actually publishing this short uh, clip we have of Abby playing a scary game in VR. But upon request, maybe if we're together in person, I could show you. Uh, it's I think, amazing. I think you need to do like a little audio cut and just like play the sound of her screaming. Just <laughs> Maybe that is my, my theme music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait just a second. Let's pause one second. Here is a sound of Abby screaming one of the times that she screamed while playing VR. There you go. Uh, that'll be inserted later. But that was actually Abby actually scared <laughs> while Jen, Gary, and me just laughed hysterically. And Abby, uh, sorry, and Lily just looked on in confusion and slight concern. Yeah, she was uh, she, she heard a person yelling and was yeah. like, what's going on? Really empathetic child. Um, but uh, anyway, it was really funny. And it's so anyway, I just wanted to make sure. And that was in there before. I knew how successful <laughs> VR was going to be this weekend. You didn't even need to ask me. Like it is, it's 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 a winner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite game that you've played in VR? Uh, well, Pat made me play a game that uh, was just me sitting in a chair, bound in chair, and then a person comes and stabs me in the face. So that was not my favorite. That's <laughs> <laughs> called Kitchen for those uh, keeping track at home. Yeah, that one's good. Um, what was is it Hypercube? What was... Super Hypercube. Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, I want to live in that world just yeah. because it's so uh, soothing. Excellent. Yeah. Next, and this one could go on for easily 45 minutes. Um, again, a direct ripoff of John Rhodes. So acknowledge John Rhodes. Thank you, sir. Um, we discussed, we've eaten a lot of candy lately. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if you have perhaps somewhere on the order of five favorite candies in general or Halloween candies uh, we've talked in, and I do have to have a side story here, um, that I'll get to, but so you can start thinking now five favorite candies or Halloween candies. Um, but the first thing I have to say is to the listeners, uh, if you know the classic assortment of Hershey's candy that you get, that's every Halloween since I was a child, it comes with four things. It comes with mini Hershey's bars, just milk chocolate, mini Hershey's special, which is dark chocolate, crackle which is milk chocolate with puffed rice. And then finally, Mr. Goodbar, which is milk chocolate with little chunks of peanut. And both Megan Murphy and Jennifer Murphy, my wife, by far say that Mr. Goodbar is the best of those four. And that is offensive and wrong and un-American. That is certifiably wrong. It's like... Uh, I Okay, so personally, certainly Crackle and special are my favorite i really like dark chocolate a fair amount um and it's you know you don't get as much of it as you get of milk chocolate uh so those two certainly are above milk chocolate obviously is like kind of boring compared to the others and you get you can get a hershey's bar anywhere but then the the i don't i actively think that the peanut does not improve it like i think i put milk chocolate and milk chocolate with like random chunks of peanut on equal low footing and it is pure insanity to say that that is the best of them so please write in or uh, respond to the email chain and let me know what you think of 
Mr. Goodbar being the uh, the best of those four because that's crazy. It's just wrong. It's I mean, like even a Hershey's bar with almonds is much better. It's, Absolutely, it's, just, it's like better quality. Something happens to the chocolate when you put their bad peanuts in. I'm convinced. Yeah, and it's like yeah. their chunks. It's like the rejects at the bottom of the floor in the oh. factory is like not whole peanuts. It's just yeah. like random scraps of peanut. It's like peanuts and like rat's toes because they actually exactly. had rats in the factory. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yeah. And I I like love Jen less now. Yeah, you should. You definitely should. Anyway, so uh, I was wondering, what are you thinking of your favorite uh, Halloween candy? Go Halloween candy. Um, so I will just preface this by saying that I certainly, on the spectrum of candy to baked goods, prefer baked goods better. Like, so a lot of my candy choices have to do with texture because I am like a sucker for, you know, a carb. Um, so Kit Kat is certainly the best in my mind because you get like the chocolate. It's not too overpowering chocolate, but then you get the wafer, wafer and I like that is, that is my favorite. Um, I will allow it. Thank you. I think... I personally find them boring. I, I know a lot of people who really like Kit Kats, including Jen, um, and also I believe uh, in John Rhodes' podcast, his his guest, Paula Vanzino, who is the spouse of a person I went to law school with. I <laughs> I've probably not even met him in real life. He That was one of his top five, and he had a very thought-out candy list. Oh, really? Uh, so let me tell you, people love Kit Kats, and I think they're fine. I don't quite understand the uh, extreme appreciation, but it is certainly a valid opinion. Do you have any love or interest or experience with the flavored Kit Kats? We're talking strawberry, we're talking white chocolate, and we're talking green tea. Yes, I have. I've been to Chinatown and gotten the candy, little tiny mini Kit Kats. Um, I don't love them. You know, it's not, it's the perfect balance. It is a childhood connection for me. Uh, I definitely remember like gnawing the sides off and then like having the wafer left. And and, uh, yeah, the green tea does not do that for me. All right. Yeah. Uh, what do you got next besides uh, So in the same vein, I really love a good Twix. I mean, it's got the cookie in there. It's got a good balance of uh, flavor every, all, all around. I'm going to say, Paul and Zeno also had Twix in also his top Twix. five. Right. You, got, you is, would get along. He and I are getting along really well. Um, and then I would similarly say, like, maybe Butterfinger, but I'm going to attribute a lot of that to the marketing success of using The Simpsons. Like, that is stuck in my brain. Oh, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. For sure. Bart Simpson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan of those. They're... Uh, so this was on John Rhodes's list, not Paul Vanzino's, and he thought he liked it because it's just so different and unique. There's like no, there's no like knockoff Butterfinger. No. It is a, a unique thing. Uh, they they say, and also I I like them a lot, and they definitely were one of my favorites growing up. They might make my top five. It's close. Uh, one thing that I. Th- didn't ever understand is the crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery. I do not associate that orange brittle delicious with peanut. It's there's no peanut butter no. in that in no. my mind. Um, I and where do people draw that connection? I don't see. So it. the closest thing culinarily in my mind is sponge candy, and I uh, it's a are you familiar with sponge candy? I am not. Uh, it is a horrible candy. It's no, often homemade. Uh, you spin sugar and then lay it out in an airy, I don't know how you make it, uh, but often it's dipped in chocolate. It basically ends up like a Butterfinger, but just tastes like straight sweetness and migraine to me. Um, <laughs> and I don't love that. So I, I give Butterfingers, uh, I, I just, the whole family, I mean, it is good, but I feel like on a, if it's on par with sponge candy, it's really not, it's not of a good genus there. So... You just put it in your top five, though. So is 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 it overcoming this this uh, yeah. handicap? You know, is it, it's good despite being similar to the sponge candy? Definitely, substance? definitely, because it it is a standalone. Uh, it would be it's it's tangential to my love of the other wafery candy candies because it is chocolate surrounding some sort of 
I'm salivating not thinking about it. Uh, some sort of like crunchy, falling apart, flaky texture. But uh, I think it is. I think it's overcoming what it could be. All right, great. Yeah. Next. Um, next would be so I have to do a balance between chocolate and and fruit because okay. I'm a sane human, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and also all chocolate is kind of gross. Sure. Yeah. Just I want to see what happens. I want to see your blood boil about that. <laughs> um, so I would add in Starburst and Skittles. I think those two are def- definitely up in my top five. I just want to rewind just to be clear. Yeah. Because my blood would boil if I interpret your statement one way and not the other way. You're not saying that all instances of chocolate are gross. You're saying if you did all chocolate, that would be gross. That would right? be gross. Exactly. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I society like... is based on chocolate. Let's be clear <laughs> yeah, okay. about that, especially America. Yeah, so no, I, uh, I totally understand no. wanting some diversity. Yeah, but you need a little diversity. So, so specifically fruit-wise, you think those are your two strongest? Yeah. Can you, can you explain? Could I rank them between Starburst and Skittles? No, just why are the, why oh, those why two? are these? Um, you know, I actually think that M&Ms are pretty gross. So I'm really relieved anytime I can have a Skittle because I feel like it's the good M&M. Yeah, yeah, that's a little. That's a little. I mean, I think plain M and M's are kind of boring, right. and like not enough chocolate for what you get. Like it's they're so small, it's just a tiny little pellet of chocolate. Yeah. Um, however, when when we talk about my list, I'll, I'll discuss <laughs> in, a, in a related area. But uh, but no, uh, Skittles are not better than M and M's, especially when we break into the uh, varieties. The varieties, okay. Yeah. And oh, it's, I actually should I should clarify. Um, this is Skittles pre the change from lime to green apple. Are you familiar with that yeah. transition mm-hmm. in the last few years? Yeah. Um, they have Mars, I believe it is, who makes Skittles. I assume everybody. I'm assuming it's all Mars. All candy, uh, yeah. You have ruined Skittles for me. Like you have ruined Skittles nearly as much as Donald Trump's son has ruined Skittles. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, you know who you should have on your team, even though he's retired, is Marshawn Lynch. That man loves some Skittles. Does he love some Skittles? He doesn't play football anymore, That's but good. he loves Skittles. Yeah. yeah. There are rumors that he was coming back. If he comes back, you should definitely like All right, I'll get spend him. the rest just of your budget <laughs> just to pick him up. Uh, and uh, Starburst? Starburst, uh, just like a solid chewy candy. Um, I remember, It's also. I think that's also like a childhood memory. Love me some good Starbursts, yeah. Favorite flavors? Rank them all. Go. Oh, uh, the red at the bottom, I think. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah, it's true. I like citrus and a lot better than I like like the sweet redness. So it would be yellow. Uh, no, I take that back. Orange, yellow, pink, red. Huh. That's yeah. probably close to the opposite of most people. Right? I know. Most people would put... Like, yellow is bottom, I think, for most people. Really? I, I personally think so. And this, like, I could eat Italian ice all the time because I like the good lemony flavor of a good Italian ice. I think I'd go red, orange... And then yellow and pink are very close. Red is wrong. That's just wrong. You can't put that one first. I can. I did. Uh, no. Anyway. All right. Great. Well, thank you, sir. Pat, what about your? What about your top five? Okay. So if I were just going by things I like and I wasn't strategizing my list, it would probably be completely dominated by peanut, uh, peanut butter chocolate combos because I just like that so much. Mm-hmm. But I will try to diversify it a little bit. Uh, just because if I was going to, let's say, pretend that I was only eating these five candies for the rest of my life or something, I would definitely need some variety in there. So with that caveat in mind, at least towards the top, if not the very top, is going to be peanut butter Snickers. Relatively recent invention. Um, I acknowledge this is not like a childhood memory or anything like that. I don't have any fond, you know, trick-or-treating stories about peanut butter M&Ms or anything like that. But they are freaking delicious. Snickers already very solid. They have you know, a little bit of everything. And then they added the peanut butter, which is great. Uh, they made them square shaped, which is weird. 
they're more even more substantial, which is surprising because there's like a thousand calories in Snickers, <laughs> um, but they're very tasty, very easy to overconsume. Uh, that's that's going to be my top. And the other one in the same vein that I can't resist putting on there uh, would be peanut butter M and M's. Uh, not peanut M and M's. Not pretzel or you know all those other weird varieties or coconut which i do like some coconut candy but coconut m&ms are not real um anyway peanut butter m&ms very delicious uh heartier than the regular m&m much Mm -hmm. larger well that's the only advantage of the peanut m&m in my mind is the fact that it is more substantial um but yes i just really like the combination so uh so anyway with those two out of the way you know i'm gonna forsake any like reese's pieces reese's peanut butter cups you know i gotta gotta move on there uh, even though they are near and dear to my heart, I will say I think I'll agree with Twix, regular caramel Twix. Right. Um, I think they're delicious. Wait, are they actually caramel flavored? Is it caramel? Well, in oh, the t- it's Twix. I'm, uh, I apologize. Whoa! Of course, they heard caramel. I heard Kit Kat in my mind. It was uh, the moonshine. Yep, probably. Yeah. Uh, no, yes, uh, regular old Twix. So you would think, for instance, hey Pat, they have peanut butter Twix, bro. No, no I'm talking the original because I'm trying to go for some variety here, which is barely variety because that's practically uh, <laughs> Snickers missing a few ingredients. Um, but yes, I really like regular Twix. And now is where we come up with, like, I really need to get a little variety now. Um, not as much variety as you would hope, but I have to get this aspect into the, the milieu. Uh, so I'm going to go with Almond Joys. Uh, I like coconut a lot uh mounds and almond joys are both delicious i as a kid i didn't really like almonds that much but i've grown to love them a little bit more so i definitely will put them towards the top and then last i need something fruit as well you know you have to have that variety i just don't know which which direction to go there i don't love any of them as much like i certainly would not obviously i'm not crazy i won't put skills or starbursts on there um john rhodes in his list used dots which I like exclusively associate with going to the movie theater. I don't know if I've ever, like, you occasionally get a tiny, tiny, tiny box of dots when you go trick or treating. Yeah. Uh, so you know, the last time I did that was probably twenty, twenty-five years ago, and uh, so nah. So like, Mike and Ike's maybe. Oh no. I don't know. Just I need something chewy and yeah. can and and fruity. Uh, Starburst uh, or Skittles? Those are your. Those are the the honest good choices that you. Can have. I say uh, Jelly Bellies? You can say Jelly Bellies. All right, okay. I'll go Jelly Bellies. Uh, especially very cherry is is awesome. Chocolate, um, you know, just uh, some Jelly Bellies. If I can exclude the, some of the gross flavors. Yeah, there's so many gross flavors. What so, about uh, what about Jujubees? I do like Jujubees. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're very tasty as well. I, I would go with that. But all but, sorts? No, it's not. Uh, Bassett also? No, not. I'm, I'm, I know not of what you speak. Okay. There, we, you should really bring Abby on because Abby and her family are obsessed with candy. And I have learned more candies because of them uh, that I would never have known about. Huh. Well, uh, so that was our discussion about But candy. wait, before we. Can we just end? Uh, you cannot mention Almond Joys without me thinking about my dad, Mr. Muffin. Mr. Muffin, who we uh, briefly mentioned but skated right past uh, in the last episode. So, yes, please do. Go yeah. on. Uh, so he has a number of... Well, he's just a very interesting man. What By the way, is Gary, your last name is Nelson, yes? It is Nelson. Uh, is your father's last name Muffin? Uh, it is not. But he, he is known as Mr. Muffin. Yes. And why is that? Uh, I was told it is because he is a big softie. Despite the fact that he used to be the uh, CTO for a number of corporations and would be in a meeting and someone said, uh, you think you're being all tough, you're just a big old Mr. Muffin. 
Really? That's, that is actually I, the origin of Mr. Muffin. I did not know that. That is a hilarious thing right? for like an adult man yes, to say. Yes, an adult man. And then he got it as a, uh, a vanity license plate for a motorcycle. Okay. And then it was his uh, moniker on a train forum. And then because of that, and Mr. Muffin's trains, he has now started his own train empire around Mr. Muffin. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so he, one, of this, one of many amazing traits about Mr. Muffin is his name. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The... the clear connection to almond joys is that um my dad hates a number of things he has a severe phobia of easter grass huh yeah he also has a severe phobia of the song sometimes you feel like a nut for the almond joys jingle that is very i don't even understand how that could be a phobia he just it's like it gets stuck in his head and he can't get it out and it's a it's a it's a severe earworm so I think in his honor, we should probably end the candy segment by singing Sometimes You Feel Like a Nut. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Ready? Yep. A three, a two, a one. Sometimes, Sometimes you, you feel, feel like a nut. nut. Sometimes, Sometimes you don't. Almond joys have nuts. Mounds don't. There you go. That's going out to Mr. Muffin. Everyone should uh, Google search Mr. Muffin Trains. Or, or don't. Uh, also, maybe write in your Desert Island candy picks, because this is a pretty good segment. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so... That is one of uh, next. Um, first of all, did you want to talk about fantasy football at all? Yeah, we can talk about fantasy football. <laughs> okay, let's look. Let's check in on the scoreboard. It yeah. is currently four thirteen p.m. on Sunday, the sixth. Uh, so we've got some games going on. Some of them were very close, uh, and some of them were hypothetically very close. Mm-hmm. So let's see what we have going on. Uh, well, Gary, if, if you recall, was hoping to continue his streak. Uh, and set a league record for consecutive wins. At the beginning of this podcast, he was very doubtful. Uh, he was he, his projection uh, was down about maybe twelve, fifteen points to Jen. Currently, much less so. Uh, we've got a current score of sixty-six for the Origin of the Special Teams, by which I mean <sighs> the Origin of the Special Teams by the means of a natural selection or the preservation of the logically favored players in the struggle for last place. Thank you versus Paddington Bears' Jen Murphy, who's trying to get back to the number one spot. Uh, Jen has 75.4, Gary has 66, but the projections, the always reliable ESPN projections, <laughs> just changed as I was speaking. Jen, 108.8, Gary, 106. That would be a 2.8 point difference. You really close the gap here, Gary. How are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, still really nervous. You know, I was hoping for a lot more points from uh, any number of players on this uh, roster. Uh, Walker, you suck. Thomas, you got a little bit better. Uh, I'm hoping that Drew Brees pulls it out, I gotta say. I'm I'm pleased with my selection because Andrew Luck has currently scored a negative one point on my bench, so I'm happy about that, but I, uh, it's gonna be a nail-biter. Yeah, well, uh, I would say, you know, Drew Brees has, uh, only, quote-unquote, only 12.9 points, but that is, um, with 5.56 left in the second period. He has two touchdowns, uh, with six minutes left until halftime. So I think you're doing okay with your breeze. Nothing right. to worry about. All right. um, Mike Wallace on your bench with 18 probably hurts. Yeah, that definitely hurts because he was not supposed to be good. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that one really tightened up. Jen is currently on a walk with Abby and the baby. I'm sure she's checking her phone and freaking out right now. <laughs> uh, also close. If we're just going to continue to be very egocentric. Uh, well, actually here, I'll, I won't even, I'll, I'll tone it down one notch. Uh, this is actually a crazy week. So, Gary and Jen, we've got a two-point game. Nick versus Meg Murphy, 
currently 85.4 to 70 nick advantage uh projection 112.4 to 112.1 that is insane uh so nick has a 0.3 percent advantage uh i mean sorry 0.3 point advantage and uh that game is still going strong so that is really crazy very close also you know Nick was formerly at the top of the league, as we discussed extensively uh, the first several episodes of this podcast. And Meg is now he is down to five and three, still a very good record. Uh, but you know he's fighting to uh, go up to six and three. If Meg Murphy wins, she'll be up to five and four, and those two teams will be tied. Uh, so that is really close. Me versus Meg Collins, also very close. Currently one hundred point four to seventy three advantage. Me um, personally, obviously, I am happy to have a bunch of points in the bank, but. The ESPN projections say 107.4 to 107.9 advantage Meg Collins. So that is a, a less than one point on that game. Uh, so we have three crazy and also triple-digit projected games going on. So that is nuts. Uh, I hope I win. I don't know about you. Uh, then the other two games are no slouches either. We've got Abby trying to get her second wing win on the season versus Casey Johnson. Uh, currently... Abby is winning 55.4 to 40.3, but the projected total is advantage. Casey Johnson, 84.8 to 76.3. Do you have any thoughts on Abby's matchup? You know, I think she is... She was slotted to be a lot better than this. She was slotted to win for a while, and uh, I'm sure she's hurting right now. I'm sure that if I were inside her brain, she would be going, Arg! Yeah, I mean, she does have... Five players on by, yeah. one player injured, and a defense on her bench. So she had yeah. nobody on her bench. Uh, so she's doing the best she can. Uh, that is that is a close one. And then last but not least, another close match. Uh, Tim versus Annalisa. Romo and Juliet currently at 72.2 versus Sense and Penalty. Annalisa, 41. Uh, but the projection, again, is the reverse with Annalisa winning 96.4 to 87.7. So that one's a, also not as close as the others, but still quite close. I am amazed by that, though. I mean, she's got some final points that are up there. 2.7 for uh, for West, who's already done, and uh, 0.5 for, is it Matt Jones? Yeah, that's amazing. That that is Those are the final numbers. And they all say right. she's going to get all the way up to 96.4. Yeah. It helps when you have uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. He's very good at football. Yeah. Um, and the current lead running back for the Denver Broncos. Uh, so, you know, they, they think she's going to put up a lot more points, but uh, that is crazy. Again, if I had to currently, you know, ignoring my previous pr- predictions that are in writing already and podcast form, uh, but again, I would take the points in the bank uh, with Tim. He has a 30-point actual point advantage, and, and Annalisa has a lot of theoretical points, uh, like 55 theoretical yeah. points, but... Uh, I, Tim probably can't be too uncomfortable right now. Who's to say? So that was actual fantasy football and we are almost exactly at the hour mark. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. We are not done, but we're getting there now. As you might guess as a regular listener, it's time to go to the kindness corner. The kindness corner. Here comes the theme. There we go. Welcome to the Kindness Corner. So the Kindness Corner is where you say one nice thing about one member of our league. Uh, preferably no repeats. So uh, as a reminder, you, Gary, Casey Johnson, and both Megs have been treated with kindness so far. So if you could bang, pick one of the other six members of the league and just say something nice and kind about them. You know, I could say something nice about everybody because they're just, they're wonderful. And uh, that's almost exactly what Abby said when it? she was in the kindness oh, corner. So nice. 
You guys are just the nicest. We're the nicest. You, deserve, uh, you should just live in the kindness corner. We should call your apartment the kindness corner. We actually do. That's what yeah. we, yeah. You copied? <laughs> I'm going to send my lawyers after you. <laughs> We're not going to use that theme music, though. Okay. Uh, I would I would take you to the kindness corner, Pat, because... What? Uh, yeah, I would. I really would. I feel like you have done an excellent job as a commissioner and a phenomenal job as a podcast host. Uh, even if you are stealing everything from a number of other podcasters. I sure am. Yeah, that's okay, though. It's good. It's a right, great thing to do. Uh, but you have really made this so much fun, and you've kept this league together, and you uh, exhibit enthusiasm and uh, ankle-biting uh, in a good way. You know, sort of <laughs> that, like, dragging people along, moving us in the right direction uh, each week, and it's just so nice. And if my voice gets higher and higher, it sounds even nicer. So thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make that even higher in post. <laughs> I can't wait. I really can't wait. Can it get even higher than this? I'm not really sure. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking me to the kindness corner. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Annalisa. Uh, we just went to Owen's second birthday. Happy uh, birthday, Owen. Happy birthday, Owen. Owen. Uh, he had his own cake, but uh, there's also a cake that was larger than Owen for the adults and the guests of the party. Anyway, it was a great party. Obviously, very loving mother. Uh, very, very good party. It was very fun to go to. I apologize that we weren't able to stay long because we had one sleepy lily on our hands. Uh, but, but way to go, Annalisa. Also, obviously, a fixture in the league. Uh, completely dominated us the first three seasons. Uh, had a down year last year, but is is doing just fine this year. Uh, poised to make a run to the playoffs. Uh, so I just want to say good job, Annalisa, both as a mom and as a league member. Way to go. Thank you very much. Uh, and that was The Kindness Corner. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Finally, last question written down. Here we go. At the beginning of the episode, I asked your alter ego how I was feeling on a scale of 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. Currently, how are you feeling on a scale of 1 to 10? About football in general, like a 7. Because I'm still, I've got a lot of hope. And I got some points on the board, uh, but those damn Paddington Bears are... I'm really worried they're going to maul me. They're pesky. They are pesky. Pesky Bears. Yeah. Pesky um, Paddington. So seven, certainly, for football. Uh, I'm going to give, like, this podcast... I'm going to rate myself and say that I think it's been about a six. It's been pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just for me, for myself. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, in general, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. It's a good day. It's really nice. November. Yeah, but also the election, so maybe not so good. Yeah. There's some nerves. There's, There's some nerves. nerves. Yeah. All right. So you... So... Then the point is, this was a longitudinal study, and yeah. you've gotten worse. I have gotten over worse the last hour. So. Uh, no, so the only reason uh, I would say that it's gotten worse over the last hour is because I have revealed quite a lot to this to listening audience. Um, you know, I want to just I want to hearken back to Meg Collins's episode when she uh, incorrectly tried to diagnose the problem with the Real Housewives of the Potomac, if you recall, uh, in her. <laughs> Okay. This is a deep cut. This is a it deep sure cut. Is. Wow, this is right. a real fan. I've been holding on <laughs> to this. Meg Collins, if you will recall, was running down all of the Housewives uh, shows. Uh-huh. I am not as familiar with all of them, but I am familiar with one thing, and that is that she said the uh, Real Housewives of the Potomac was a garbage show because no one ca- knows what the Potomac is or cares about it. That is incorrect. Everyone knows what the Potomac is. It's around Washington D.C. The real problem with that show was that you would have, like, your normal Housewives nonsense happening at John Boehner's Christmas party. So it was a show in which you saw how the sausage was made. And I feel like this is a podcast in which you see that I know nothing about football. I don't know how to watch a football game. I can't remember any of my players' names. (laughs) And yet I'm somehow in first place. So you've all seen how the sausage is made, and it's terrifying. There's a man behind the curtain. There's a man behind the curtain. 
Well, you know, I'm I, I'm sorry that you feel unmasked as a fraud, uh, but you know, I'm just a straight shooter. Respected on both sides of the aisle, and I just have to bring the truth out. So uh, this was actually a secret underground investigation, and I appreciate your participation. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's yeah. it. I think that's it. We're, we're right around an hour five. I think that's a solid outing. Uh, and uh, I hope everyone had fun. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you ate some candy. Uh, and good luck, everyone, and have a lovely time. Bye. Bye.